We are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Sunday, January 22nd, the day after the Celtics took down the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and a couple days after, they took down the Golden State Warriors. A lot of good Celtics basketball being played. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk about it. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm pretty good. You see, good, we got the, the little flag here. <laughs> a lot of yes. housekeeping has been done. Things yes, have yes. been moved around that you can't see. But now I have my light on something that isn't a box. Mm-hmm. which is really nice. Very good. Uh, I've got my writing set up over here to my left. You're right if you're watching. Uh, watch. But I'll tell you what, Friday night, I went out with some friends yep. briefly because one of I was hungry and somebody else wanted to get cookies. Now, I don't know if you have this <laughs> around you in Bristol County, mm-hmm. but we have Thayer Street in Providence. So Thayer Street is like a main street, lots of restaurants. It's near Brown. Okay. Bunch of, bunch of different places. There's uh, like a Chipotle. There's Baja's, which is similar to Chipotle. There's an yeah. Insomnia Cookies on there. Now, I don't know if you've ever had Insomnia Cookies, but it's one of those I premium so. gourmet, warm cookie places. Mm-hmm. But it's not very big on the inside, right? Not Yeah, very I think I've been there once. But yeah, okay. So this is about 11 o'clock on the Friday. We had been hanging out and we decided we wanted to go. So we go and we get there and it's pretty busy. Right. A lot of a lot of college kids on the inside, which is fine. Here's where the problem is. Now, it's me (laughs) and two other people. One Uh one of the guys is the one that wants the cookies. Okay. he and me and the other guy, we're all standing outside of the door, which is closed. Sure. Okay. Yeah. On some steps. The one guy decides he wants to open the door. But not go in, just stand in the doorway. One of your so, friends? One of my or, friends. Okay. The one that wants the cookies. He Why? has decided he's going to open the door and stand there and let the cold air into the cookie place while these other kids are waiting. It's a rat move. Very rat move. <laughs> so I call him out for it. The kid starts laughing. Not not my friend, like the kid inside. Because yeah. he agrees with me. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, yeah, what yeah. is it? Like, you have to be cold, so everybody else has to be cold. Shut the door. <laughs> so me and the other guy uh that was not getting a cookie, we went and I got my food and we left him there. I said, I'm not standing with you. I was breaking his balls. I said, I'm not gonna stand <laughs> what, with you as you do this. And then he What food the did you get? What food did you get? I, I just got a burrito, I was hungry. Good Chipotle? Uh Bajas, which is okay, the same local thing. place. I understand. Okay, somewhat local. They, they we have quite a few of them okay well i've never heard of it so i assumed but we have something similar i mean not probably not as like i don't know what this is like we there's this like road in stoughton that has a bunch of restaurants on it it's yeah. not like a specific restaurant plate it's it's like on the freeway kind of thing like, oh, not, okay. like a, not like a big highway but it's like one of those big no, no, no. this trees, is like you like walk around <clears throat> yeah no, you'll, no, you'll have to have see it sometime like that yeah if you're yeah. from rhode island you know thayer street comment and tell us yeah, we don't have anything like that. There's something like that in Ithaca, where my girlfriend's from. They they have like the, uh, it's not called Main Street, the uh, the Commons, Ithaca Commons or something. There's like restaurants on it. There's apartments, stuff like that. So probably something like um, that. Before yeah. we go any further, yes, big news since the last time we recorded, <laughs> we have gotten the Seat Geek code change. So if you're Ooh. going to a Celtics game or another event, we'd like to help you out. You use code HBTC, short for How About Them Celtics. To save twenty dollars 
when you check out on your first purchase go go with our help we want you to go have fun <laughs> make sure you use SeatGeek. use the code hbtc we'll help you go see what you want to see hbtc oh yeah Want to get in at the beginning? Easy. That way we don't miss you. We did it at the end. We snuck it in <laughs> at the beginning, but it wasn't live just in case you couldn't catch it. Mm-hmm. For those who listen, the edit was not clean. I I, I, I found a place and we put it in. So yeah, I hope you like, guys I was enjoying it. a nice story when I listened to it. I was like, oh boy. Hey, you're the one who told me to put it in no, the beginning. No, we, so we got to get it in the beginning. We do. We do. Uh, I, I don't have any cool stories like that, but I did wake up this morning. Uh, Missed my Brentford game. For those who don't know, I am a, a Brentford fan, Premier League team. Uh, same as a Liverpool's fan. I almost said Arsenal because my other friend's an Arsenal mm. fan. Um, I woke up one morning last summer, I think it was two summers ago, decided I wanted to pick a favorite soccer team, but I didn't want to be a bandwagon because I felt cheap. Like to, just to pick like, you know, Liverpool, Arsenal or something, Man City, Man United. It felt lame. So I, I picked Brentford because they had just been promoted and Yvonne Tony scored a bunch of goals in the championship. So I figured it'd be fun. And I've been a Brentford fan ever since. I don't see many of the games because I don't wake up early enough to see most of them. Jack uh, wakes up but... at two in the afternoon. Jack, Jack and I were mm-hmm. writing today and we were in a room yeah. like, like we record in. And he's like, I'm going to go eat breakfast. And it was three o'clock. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really have an excuse for that. I woke up at like noon. And so like, even like, if noon was 7 a.m. to say three hours later after I woke up, I'm going to eat breakfast. That's even a bit egregious. So, uh, but, but go back. No you, you got, yes. you're a big Brentford fan, big Brentford fan. Uh, I love Brentford. I got some jerseys for Christmas. So I decided to do a haul since I mocked uh, hauls on last episode. I figured I'd do my haul. I got three jerseys mm. for Christmas. They're all very cool. Uh, are, this are, one, are they real? Yes, they're from the Renford oh, shop. Okay. They're Christmas presents, so I figured I could nice, ask nice. for real jerseys. And so this one is, I have to make sure I got it right. Rico Henry, here showing it on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, go watch on YouTube. How about the yeah, I'm taking away the nameplates. We don't need the nameplates. We, we have the yes, nameplates right. below. <laughs> you're right. So Rico, Rico Henry jersey right here. Okay, very nice. Very nice. Clean. Yes. Very cool color. Uh, throw it away. Yvonne Tony jersey. My this is my second favorite jersey. I'm going in order of least favorite to favorite. I, I like them all. Okay. But you, know, you know, Rico Henry jersey. This is their main kit, the red and white stripes. Yes. Very nice, Yvonne Tony. And the then nice. this. Th- yes. Those are not cheap, by the way. No, no, I, I don't know exactly how much they were, but uh, my mom needed Christmas presents, and I didn't have many, so I gave her a few Christmas present ideas. You know, figured I'd support the team. Uh, this is my favorite one. It is Brian Mbumo. Uh, for those who don't know, during the World Cup, there was a player who got memed for looking like LeBron James. Brian Mbumo, Brentford player. There you go. Oh, really? Uh, yes, Brian Mbumo. And this jersey's fire, by the way. Very cool. Yeah. Look very at that. Sweet. You got the pink and black in the yellow all together. Very, very cool. And it cool. looks looks like pink lemonade. It's very cool. Brian Mbumo jersey. But I, I just wanted to, I wanted to do my own haul since I made, I made fun of them last week. but uh, Or a few days ago, whatever it was. Jack, um, Jack has yes. grown as a person. He, is, he has reflected <laughs> on perhaps being too harsh to the girls at Target. I'm reformed, and, and he's he's grown. He's grown. Speaking he's come of Target, out on this podcast, I, I'm going to be known for my Target stories. Now, I, I went mm. to Target yesterday. I think I told you this. Maybe I didn't. Uh, I go to Target. I'm just going to pick up like dishwasher detergent, uh, some like um, some more of these bowls. I've been eating these like frozen things. I heat up just normal stuff. Normal Target run. I get there. I go in. There are no carts available. 
There's no carts at the front. There's no mm-hmm. baskets. There's two baskets, and they both don't have the handle, so they're useless. No one took them. And the line for checkout was halfway down the store. So I turned around. I walked out. I got some Starbucks, and I went home. I no Target for Jack. It, it was just it was not worth my time. I will go to Target tomorrow uh, or whatever. And I was very upset <laughs> because that was the second time in the past week I went to Target, and they didn't have any carts, which was just And you left. Ridiculous. Good but, for you. I left the first time we stayed because I was with like my mom and my sister. So we needed stuff. But the second time I was just going in for a few things. It just was not. Now, it, how it far is Target it. from you? Uh, 10 minutes, 10 minute drive. It's okay. really not far. It's, well, it's I know in, you don't typically go out very much. I know. I love Target drive through or Target. I do love Target. I, do. I go out more now. I go to games. I go to the T. Yes. I have my schedule. Yes. Like, I do stuff. It's uh, more active, more, more out there. I'm going to basketball tonight. We're playing. Yes, hoops, we're bro. playing basketball. Some credit. Come on. This. Yes, we're, we're yes, going to yes. test out the old legs here after being on the shelf for a Oof. week. My uh, but it's OK. Did, I like to say I have, a, I have Steph Curry ankles because I am a large man with tiny, tiny <laughs> legs. So it is not fun for me. Anyway, speaking of Steph Curry and basketball, we can talk about the Celtics. Uh, mm. Did you want to start with the Raptors or Warriors? Well, let's go in order. That Warriors game is a big game. So huge. we, oh, we can't not talk about it. Yep, Celtics taking down the Warriors. What was the final score in that one? I just want to. That was one twenty-one, one eighteen. Gotcha. Well, Celtics making a, I don't want to say miraculous comeback, but they definitely deserve to lose that game. Yep. Uh, they were not the better team. The Warriors were the better team for almost the entirety of the game, uh, and yet the Celtics came out on top. Ended up getting the win in OT. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown both did not shoot well. Um, Jason Tatum ended up putting up some solid stats excuse me, career high in rebounds. Uh, but the Warriors, four of their starters, uh, Clay, Curry, Poole, and Wiggins all scored 20-plus points. Draymond had 11, 13, and 9, so he did his Draymond thing. Uh, and the Celtics just kind of, you know, grinded out the win behind performances from Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, all the peripheral guys stepped up and helped the Celtics earn the win. It, it was one of my favorite games of the season, at least from, especially from a neutral perspective. And since the Celtics ended up coming out on top, it was also a decent Celtics game too. Well, you're absolutely right. They didn't deserve to win the game. And when you said miraculous comeback, it's not really that far-fetched for you to say that because that was a game where it just felt like it was one of those games where you're not getting anything from anybody except Al Horford. Mm-hmm. He was the only guy, and Rob gave you some good minutes there, even though he looked like he was drunk for a corner and a half. After he got <laughs> over it, he was actually playing pretty well, gave you a nice spark heading into the half. But you couldn't make layups. You weren't making any threes. Anytime you got close, you wouldn't get a stop. You had yeah. Horford blocking shots and Tatum rebounding it and then throwing it right back to Jordan Poole. Like, there was everything going wrong that could possibly go wrong, and they still managed to win that game. If you watched the Raptors game yesterday and you had the local stream, you heard Sean Grandy probably mention a bunch of times. They won that game against the Warriors without leading in the second half. They did not have yeah. a single lead for a single second in the third or for fourth quarter. Yeah, That's remarkable that they won that game. They were begging to lose that game. <laughs> Jason Tatum was begging to lose that game. If you didn't watch and you just looked at the box score, you would see 34 points, 19 mm-hmm. rebounds. He had a monster night. Wrong. He was terrible. <laughs> he made costly mistakes at costly times. Again, I mentioned I, it. Horford made a big block. I was going to say, yes. And he threw the ball right away. That Twice. was a huge momentum play. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You're you're not going to play perfect every night. You're not. Mm-hmm. But on the pregame show before the Warriors game, we talked about it. And I mentioned Tatum traditionally has not played well against the Warriors. He had the one game mm-hmm. in the COVID year where they were at the Garden and it was a back and forth between him and Curry. And he had, what, 44 points? You looked it up last time. Something like that, yeah. An efficient 44, too. So, yeah. Yeah, he played well. But that's like the only time you can mm-hmm. be like, wow, Tatum played well. He is not good against that team. That and was the last efficient performance he had that, that the whole, two, what, two years ago. The whole yeah. core of the Celtics has dominated against the Warriors traditionally. Mm-hmm. Horford, Smart, Jalen Brown. They have all been a part of those Celtics teams back in the day that would go into Oracle and win when, when they were mm-hmm. unbeatable. They've all been there when the Celtics have played the Warriors well. So for Tatum not to have a great game, it really doesn't matter because – even though I still feel like the Warriors are a true contender, they've got a lot they're of work to do if they want to get back they to the finals. That. They're 500 right now. Yeah, they're 500. But I don't know. He doesn't technically break the mental issue he might have had against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. That That's like the biggest thing you want to complain about. And then Jalen Brown, uh, terrible Bad. for 46 and a half minutes. And then <laughs> 48 a minutes. monster for uh, overtime <laughs> and the game tying shot and regulation. Unbelievable. Yeah. That was one of the greatest in in game turnarounds I've ever seen. Yeah. He went from, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy's going to take a shot to, Oh my God, this guy can't miss. It was incredible. It was incredible. And I, I laughed because we, we talked about this. I think it was in the heat game. I, I vividly remember making a Instagram short of me saying this was one of the most miraculous in-game turnarounds I've ever seen. And it was Jalen Brown again. So he just has this ability to come in clutch when the Celtics need him. I mean, he hit the game tying shot with uh, X amount of seconds on the clock. <clears throat> excuse me. He was one of the only Celtics who scored in overtime or excuse me. He was one of the only Celtics who was on fire in overtime. Like he, he was one of their go-to guys again. After he was struggling. the go-to guy. He was. He, Give he him was the, the credit. Not that awesome. you're trying to avoid it, but he deserves I know, I know, I know. every ounce of the credit spinning, in that win. Spinning the I hate JB narrative. No, no, I'm I'm trying to avoid it. That's why I said not that, not that you're trying to avoid know, giving know, him the credit. But he really turned up. I could not mm-hmm. believe that. And then he was pretty good against the Raptors, too, which we don't have to move on to now. But he was solid. We do. Um, but yeah, the Warriors game was awesome. I, I mean, I feel like there was this narrative heading into that game that the Celtics have always been bad against the Warriors. It's really been the opposite. Very wrong. Outside, yeah. outside of the finals and then the one game earlier the season, they've been very, very good against the Warriors. Like, I remember seeing this stat somewhere like over the past uh, five or so years. This was, I think, last year, two years ago. Um, over the past X amount of years, every single team in the NBA has a sub 500 record against the Warriors, except for the Celtics, right? Like yeah. th- there's a stat out there like that. The Isaiah Thomas Celtics played them very well. The uh, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum Celtics played them pretty well. Uh, you, you know, just h- historically speaking throughout this current Warriors dynasty, the Celtics have been one of the biggest, you know, pains in their butts. And a lot of people were talking about that heading into the finals last year. And it's, I, I feel like the, the finals has obviously the Celtics didn't play well, but I feel like it's turned into the Celtics got killed in the finals. It was six games, right? Like the Celtics definitely should have played better. They could have played better. And if they had played better, they could have won the game, but like, it's not like they got swept. Like they took two games off the Warriors. It was a six-game series. It was a pretty competitive series. The Celtics. Just oh, they should have won. Fell Don't flat. get me I know. started. I know. Don't but get me my, started. my point is, I feel like a lot of people have this perspective of it was a sweep when it just wasn't right. So well, it felt it felt that way because they lost three in a row. Not because they played a sweep point. is three in a row, but I mean, it felt that way. They, I know. And they I, fumbled I understand game that, four but... and they never recovered, and that's that's what people hung on to. Which and then when fair, they saw them but... go into Chase Center in December and get absolutely spanked, they're like, oh, my God, they're still like frazzled by 
dropping those three games in a row. I will say, though, in that Chase uh, Chase Center game, which was December 10th, by the way, because I've had to write about it so many times that yeah, I know the gazillion date. gazillion times. Uh, they were missing Al Horford, and look who came up big against the Warriors. Al Horford and around. Rob Williams. Who's going to And Robert Williams, and both of them, uh, like you said, after a rough start from Rob, both of them played very well. Al, Al Horford was huge for them, and you mentioned the block. That happened not only once, but that happened twice. Al Horford had two, three blocks in the game. One was the chase down block on Jordan Poole uh, in the first quarter. The other two blocks were both in the fourth quarter and both of them were followed by immediate Celtics turnovers, which it's just like, like just instantly <laughs> instant Celtics turnovers. Al Horford gets a major block. The Celtics throw the ball away. I, I know it was Tatum one of the times. I don't know who it was the other time. I don't know if you remember, but I think it, it was, it was both times. It, it was not bad, positive, but... but I think it was him both times. Odds are it was because he had seven turnovers, but oh man, that was frustrating. It was bad because it was I, like I was, they were uh, doing everything they could to lose that game. And they did. I was good on them. They didn't lose. I was, I was there for the game. I was up with the media people. I was sitting next to uh, Bobby Kravitsky of Sports Illustrated, uh, Cam Tabatabai, friend of the show of USA Today, and then Sam Packard, uh, another friend of the show of The mm-hmm. Athletic. Uh, and we just kept turning to each other and we're like, every time something good happens, something bad happens. Right. Like Sam was talking about uh, other Sam, not. Uh, our Sam uh, other Sam was talking about, you know, I, I think Al Orford after both of these blocks, I'm pretty sure the Celtics have just turned it over both times. And then yeah. when Malcolm Brogdon, who was great, by the way, Malcolm Brogdon was very good, just kept missing layups at the yeah, whole Celtics they missed team. A lot around the rim. <laughs> Everyone missed layups. We just kept turning to each other. It was, it was bad. I mean, everybody was like, man, where's people... the camera? Who's screwing with me? Exactly. The elevator at TD Garden that brings you up to the ninth floor takes forever because there is only one elevator that will take you to the ninth floor and it just keeps going up and down to all the floors. So it takes a while. And so usually if it's like a blower or something, you leave a couple minutes early before the game ends. So you get down in time for the press conferences. This time around, we were ready to just start packing up with X amount of minutes to go in the game. And it's like, okay, let's get ready to go to the elevator. And then a couple shots, couple little runs, Celtics are back at it and we're going to overtime. So that should tell you just how how much the Celtics did not deserve to win that game and how much they probably should have lost that game. It was it, it was incredible. I mean, TD Garden was loud when they were back in it, but when the Celtics were not in it, it was not a fun environment because as much as we like to say Celtics fans travel, Warriors fans travel well too. Like they they have and I know uh, Sam doesn't... I, No, 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 no. I'm not convinced those are Warriors fans. Not that the Warriors They're do Steph have... Curry fans, the, which yes, is different. That's a, that's a part of it. And different. I, no, no, no. Steve different. Kerr. Steve Kerr talked about it. Uh, he compared Curry to Jordan in the sense that, like, when the Jordan Bulls were so popular, there were so many Michael Jordan fans around the world that you would see like. 23 bulls jerseys like covering half the arena and i'm not saying it was covering half the arena in boston but like wherever you go there will be stephen curry fans and they're not they're not necessarily you know we're fans of the warriors they're fan of stephen curry and because of that they're fans of the warriors which is no it's not this yes because if Stephen curry got traded tomorrow they wouldn't like the warriors that's not a warriors fan i know any warriors fan is listening to this they're probably agreeing with me because they don't if let, let's put it like this. If the Celtics had a player like that, that was widely popular and you had people come over just for that guy, they would become mm-hmm. so, so annoying on Twitter because nothing would ever be that guy's fault. Not that Curry hasn't been a legendary player. It's for that the same one as LeBron fans. It's the, like, yes. it's the same as LeBron. Fans. It's the same it's, thing. And in the same way that LeBron's fans, they were Cavs fans. Then they were heat fans. And then they were Cavs fans. Exactly. And now they're Lakers fans. Right. That Those but people my, annoy the hell out of me. 
You My people point- <laughs> are bad. You guys are bad in general. You're not bad for anything. You're bad. That That is the... Oh, man. I'm about to go on a legendary run. Oh, no. That is the epitome of weakness is supporting <laughs> a player and following from team to team because that team's going to win and not sticking through with whatever team it is that you like when things aren't going well. I love to crap on Knicks fans more than anybody because they mm-hmm. annoy the hell out of me. But those people, if nothing else, are loyal. Because <laughs> that team has done yeah. nothing in forever. And they still fill up that arena all the time. They Good do. for them. Now, that doesn't mean uh, they're going to win anything because they're not. But they still they still show up and they still talk on Twitter so good for them. But hmm. if you're chasing a player around, shame on you because you are bad. <laughs> my point was not to induce that rant. My point was oh that. Oh, my God. You had no no intention of that. <laughs> no, no. My point was more there were more. We'll call them Curry fans since we don't want to use the word Warriors fans. Also, there were more Warriors jerseys in that arena than I've seen there be any other opposing team jerseys in any arena. And. For the first time since I've been there, you know, personally at games, and it's probably happened in the past, but it's just not in my experience. When Steph Curry was announced in the starting lineups, the cheers were louder than the boos. I'll put it that way. So, which is, I, yeah, I know going to anger you as a Celtics fan. It is so, angering. My and point I like is, Curry. I like mm-hmm. him. My point is the arena was popping. And even when the Warriors were making shots, it was popping. Uh, and from the perspective of a neutral fan, it was a phenomenal game. Uh, obviously as the, how about them Celtics podcast, not the, how about the Warriors podcast? It was, it was great to see the ending <laughs> that happened, uh, with Jalen Brown hitting the shot and the, and the OT victory. But, uh, yeah, it was just a great game and shout out Al Horford. He deserves all the credit over anybody else because I mean, in that beginning of the game, when the Celtics were getting absolutely nothing, uh, he posted up Andrew Wiggins. He posted up Raymond green. He got, uh, he had eight points and five rebounds in the first six minutes. I remember because I tweeted about it. He was absolutely on fire. I think he finished with 20 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he hit some clutch shots. Three blocks, he was awesome. Four blocks. Three blocks, blocks. Three blocks. He, he was phenomenal. He was everything you needed from him and more. So uh, shout out to Al Horford. He deserves the credit for that win. He came to play. He remembered. He said, hey. He said it after the game. we let this team win a title? Remember we let that bum Jordan Poole get a ring? He's on the rat list, by the way. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> He's he's so irritating because, you know, if he wasn't on the Warriors, like he'd be like he'd be like a lower level Zach Levine to where he'd put up numbers, but the team wouldn't win or it, be it's any the good. perfect it's the perfect mix. You know how they always say, like, players will be at their best version of themselves if they're put in the right situation. He landed yes. in the perfect situation. He for did. Him where He can play Great like Stephen Curry. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal for him. I mean, good for him. You don't have to like him, but like he, he landed in the perfect spot for his game. So, yeah. Not a rat list. Rat Rat list for for Sam. (laughs) You want to talk about another rat, Nick Nurse. Tell you what, Celtics slapped them both around. Not really slapped them around, but they beat them both. Right? Great couple days, kind of. You get Mm -hmm. some injury scares. For sure. We we can talk about that Raptors game next. Uh, Celtics earning a 106-104 victory over the Raptors. Uh, No Jason Tatum. And then we'll talk about the injuries after we talk about the game. But Marcus Smart and Robert Williams both reeled out at halftime. So they were forced to roll with a very different lineup. Um, 
excuse me, Jalen Brown, I believe, finishing with what 27 points, eight rebounds, uh, something assists. I, I'm trying to find the box score right now. Something but I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, I'm struggling. I, I wasn't prepared. I had the Warriors box score. So oh, I'm sorry. Computer. I did. I, I rushed you. No, no, no. I just wasn't ready. I was right, though. 27 points, eight rebounds. I got correct. It was six assists, not nine. Um, three steals as well. A bunch of turnovers, but we don't have to talk about that part. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Grant Williams both coming up big off the bench. Grant Williams finishing 25 points, a regular season career high. Let's add that asterisk there. Uh, I can't say I that word. Can we, can we pause real quick? I don't know <laughs> yeah. why they separate that. I hate yeah, it's kind of stupid. I don't hate it, but it's like so stupid. It just doesn't make sense. If you it, look it, at yeah. like team records, because I was doing this a bit as we prep for our upcoming live stream, which will have Celtics Jeopardy. We'll plug it, right? Gee. Yeah, we will. We will. We will. January 30th. It'll there happen. We go. Live stream for next you. Monday, week from when yes, this yes. comes out. It'll be happening. <laughs> uh, don't know what time yet, but just be aware. Anyways, doing research looking up stats, looking up career highs, things like that. And it's like, why do they not count playoff games? Playoff mm-hmm. games aren't any different. They're not more time. There's no difference in how much time they play to where the stats would be skewed. Why does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And they, they really leaned into it. I mean, it, it doesn't take away from the great game. Grant played. He was awesome against the Raptors. How many did he finish with? 25 points. Ooh. Good. Real game. good game. An efficient 25-2, 7-13 from the field, 4-6 from 3, uh, 5 boards as well. Malcolm Brogdon finishing with 23 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 8-16 from the field, 3-5 from 3. Uh, great tandem off the bench. And, I mean, maybe the most important, despite that scoring, Peyton Pritchard was huge off the bench for the Celtics as well. 12-2-2, from the field, all of which were 3-point attempts. And all of his 3-point, uh, excuse me, all of his 3-point makes were in the 4th quarter. Shot, made 4 threes in the 4th was just absolutely huge. The Celtics needed him, especially with Smart down, Rob down, Tatum down, and Derek White, uh, who also got injured in the fourth a little bit, although he's okay. Um, Pritchard was Pritchard was awesome. The, the Celtics, b- big win, big win, with some controversy at the end. I I, I say with quotations as in Nick Nurse is big mad, uh, but it, it was good. a good win for the Celtics. It was a good win. Excellent win. And if you're Peyton Pritchard, good for you, because you just sat around for a month and yes. didn't play. And then had the biggest opportunity you've had of the season in a game that really was shaping up to be a loss. It did not look yeah. like they were going to pull that one out. It was like Just the Warriors. All the injuries. Game, honestly. Yeah, it was like, uh, like they really can't get a stop when they need it. And they got on a roll at the beginning of the fourth quarter behind mm-hmm. Pritchard. And then they had a lull again where they couldn't get a stop. And then Pritchard said, all right, we'll ice the game here. And he made a big three with under two minutes to put him up four or six, something like that. I wrote that. about it. It, it was no, it was one thirty left in the game. The game was tied one Oh three, one Oh three. And Pritchard hit a shot, put him up by three points. And that was their last three points of the this game. Guy's and they, crazy, they man. It was awesome. I, I know you saw the quote on Twitter where I forget who it was called him a psycho mm-hmm. because he Steve just, Bullpett. it was Steve Bullpett. Steve Bullpett called him a psycho or, yeah. or somebody called him a psycho to Steve Bullpett. But it's via Steve. It, it was correct? Steve tweeted. He goes, uh, an executive just called me wanting to talk about Pritchard. And I told him I've never seen this sort of confidence in a player. To be honest, it's the sort of confidence that you only see in psychopaths. So, it's true. There you this go. dude is just sitting there watching basketball. You wrote about it for heavy. Marcus Smart told him he's not going to play on this team. Unfortunately for him, mm-hmm. it was not a malicious thing. No. Despite what the headline Jack wrote. Wait, all right, me. all right. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> uh, but seriously, like, he's so far buried behind that deep guard rotation the Celtics have. 
he's not going to see minutes. And when he does, he's really been solid this year. For the most part, he had a bit of a rough start when he started seeing some minutes earlier in the season. But lately, he has really been reliable. It reminds me of the playoffs last year against the Nets. Or even, I don't know, last week against the Nets when he came out and killed them at Barclays because he got time. I mean, this guy, is he loves the opportunity. That Nets game, too, he was the guy kind of in the fourth quarter he had 10 points in that game and they came back from 17 down he was a big part of it he made big shots i will say i, I wrote about pritchard this morning for celtics block he he got all the opportunities under brad stevens in his first year this is a guy who's had three different head coaches in three seasons right we don't talk about that enough because the it's celtics true. have been had this consistent core he's had to re-earn his spot in the rotation twice now he earned it with Brad Stevens' his rookie year. It took him some time, and he got in there. He had to re-earn it with Ime Udoka last year, uh, and he finally got back in there. And to be honest, the way he earned it with Ime Udoka, if you remember, it was a big game against the Pistons. Do you remember that game where he popped off in the fourth quarter and he helped them earn a win? That I don't remember off the top of my head, which is weird. Usually I'm pretty good about knowing stuff, at least with I'll the find Celtics. The bo- I'll find the box score as we're talking, but... He, he earned it with a big performance. He helped the Celtics to win. I think Jalen Brown was out. I remember they had injuries and Pritchard had to step up. It's pretty similar to the way he just played right now. And it's going to make Joe Mazzulla's life very, very hard. Because I also wrote an article for Celtics blog about how he's going to have to figure out minutes with Brogdon and Derek White if Robert Williams is to continue starting. And now if Pritchard needs minutes too, it's going to be a disaster for, for Mazzulla to figure out. Because you're going to have Celtics fans saying, give this person minutes, this, 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 this. You can't give everyone minutes. That's just the reality of the situation. But in your opinion, should Peyton Pritchard be a part of the regular rotation now? Mm, no. I mean, may, maybe if you want to play him instead of Hauser, who has not seen run in the last two games, to my memory. Is he hurt? No, he's not hurt. He's just falling out of the rotation. Yeah, he's out of the That's bad. If he didn't play in that Raptors game when they had nobody out there, maybe, maybe Pritchard does go in that rotation. He was a then. DNP Hauser. DNP. If here, here's how you got to think about it, right? If Hauser's not knocking down shots, he's really not giving you anything special. Yeah. The difference between him and Pritchard is that one Hauser's taller, so it makes him more able on defense, per se. Doesn't mean he's going to yeah, be this tremendous defender. And he's but, been good there. And he's been fine. Yeah. Now, Pritchard traditionally has been able to shoot the three at the high clip. Before this season, he has been a career 40% three-point shooter. This season, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what it's at. It's probably on the rise because he's been good lately. But it's really tough in the role he's played this year to be that consistent. It's down this year. However, Mm -hmm. the career numbers tell you he's 40%, at least before this season. It still might be 40%, including the season. I'm not sure. It is. It is it on is. the on the on his career. Forty point three percent is forty point three percent. Okay, fine. So you need somebody to shoot off the bench for you. Pritchard can also do that. He can't defend like Hauser can with the size. However, we've seen it over the last couple appearances from Pritchard. He can create his own shot on offense, which is a big thing, especially when you're missing somebody like a Jason Tatum or when Jalen Brown's out. Or even if, let's say, Derek White or Brogdon has an off game. Mm -hmm. He offers you a lot of flexibility on the offensive end because you can rely on him to hit tough shots, create shots, and make big shots. You saw Mm -hmm. it against the Raptors. We already kind of touched on it. Clutch three with a minute and a half to go to break the tie. That's pretty Mm -hmm. crazy from a guy that's sitting watching a bunch of games from the bench. Yeah, Why not play him? 
I found the Pistons game, by the way, if you're curious, that, that I was I, I believe I was correct about it. It was I'm making sure I have the right Pistons game because there, there were two they played in the second half of last season. And uh, I'm pretty sure Peyton Pritchard came up big in one. Um, the date was if I can find the date because it is now escaping me uh, February 27th uh, or maybe it was 26 because they wrote this after. Yeah, February 26th. The game was Pritchard scored 19 points off the bench, including 10 points in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, played almost the entire fourth quarter. Celtics earned a nine-point victory over the Pistons. Uh, everyone played, but Pritchard just got an opportunity. He, he came up big in that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, you can't really say enough good things about Pritchard after that Raptors game. And just like it was the Pistons game last year that I'm referencing, after that he started to get a little bit more uh, run in Udoka's rotation, Missoula might be forced to give him some chances this season because he's been uh, he's been really, really good. Um, and with the trade deadline coming up, maybe this is him increasing his value for, for Brad Stevens to trade him. But I think it's really hard to trade him because I don't think you're going to be able to get equal value for Peyton Pritchard. Agreed. If trading Pritchard is the difference between getting a legitimate rotation piece at the wing, then sure. But other than that, you can't really trade Pritchard with how well he's playing because you're just not going to get the return on investment that you want. And, at, at this point, you probably just run out the season with him, use him in the correct spots. Uh, and then next year, if you really want to talk about it, if he's not going to resign, if he's not going to resign at a, at a reasonable price, then you're kind of forced to trade him. But right now, I don't think you can trade the guy. I'm not convinced that they need to make any trade because I'm really so. starting to feel like the buyout market's going to be where they find whatever they want, mainly because of what you're saying is the money is really tough to make work. There aren't a yeah. lot of impactful players making the money that would either fit into a TPE that they have or match Pritchard's salary. And yeah. if you want it, unless you want to throw in Gallinari, you're not making it happen, which we've talked about before kind of makes you look bad. So you can't do it. Can't do it. Guy towards ACL wants to be here. You can't just deal him. And he's posting all this stuff and looking like he's, you know, on the way back. He so. talked to an Italian media outlet today. He said the goal is to be back for the playoffs. So if you want some hope Celtics fans, there you go for Gallinari. Yeah, but but back to your point about Pritchard, he really is the best insurance that this team can have for just about any injury. Because we saw Tatum out against the Raptors, and he stepped in and filled the role. Not Tatum's role, but he filled a scoring role, mm-hmm. and it did it well. Smart's role. <laughs> Smart's role without yeah. – at least or at least Brogdon was able to shift into Marcus's role. I mean, he's finishing the game. This guy is watching from the end of the bench in 90% of your games this year. And he's out there finishing a tough game for you and hitting big shots. Why on earth would you get rid of that? Mm -hmm. Unless you're getting something really great back. It's tough. I hate seeing it because he's a quality player. He seems to work hard and he probably deserves better than the role he has with the Celtics. And he definitely can handle better than he has with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But from a selfish fan perspective, I want that guy on my team. He's great. I agree. What what it, out there are you going to find that's better than Pritchard? Nothing. Not much. Not much. And the only the only thing I might say is, and I know you don't like picks, and I don't like you don't need picks at this point. If you got like a ridiculously high unprotected pick, like from a, a team looking to. Like, like one of these fringe teams, like the Raptors, for example, who could actually fall into the lottery or could fall, you know, 15, and could be 16. suitors for them because exactly. they have no bench. 
You know what I'm saying? If they are willing to give you a lottery pick that could either be, you know, 12 to 14 in the lottery or, you know, 15, 16, 17, at that point, you might be forced to consider it just because of the potential moves you can make this summer with that trade. Oh, man. How, how great would that. that be if they traded for, like, the Raptors pick and it became Wembenyama? Wembenyama, right? Like, oh my like, my point is, would you trade Pritchard for a 1% chance of Wembenyama? Probably, right? Like, at that point, you'd probably yeah, take your chances. Because this draft like, seems like it's pretty good besides him, too. Like, there's right? quality and guys. If you can get somebody, like, even if you can get, like a like, a draft pick from 10 to 20 in this year's draft, like dumb and i don't think there'd be any players or teams out there willing to trade a pick like that for pritchard but my point is like as much as you don't value picks if you can get something like that for pritchard you might have to consider um but again like a quick look at the nba standings there's a lot of teams this is a a, a seller's market i'll put it that way right because there are so many good teams that want to compete like potential teams that fall under that category you know, with the Wizards, say the Wizards want to make a move uh, and they're willing to give you their first round pick. I, and keep in mind, I don't know who who owns their first round picks. I don't actually think the Wizards own their first round pick. I'm just talking out of my ass here. So keep that in mind. But like the Raptors, if they, they want to make some sort of move to stay in the race, I don't think they will. But maybe they do. If if the, you know, the Trailblazers or something, you know, the Bulls own the Trailblazers pick. I think let's say the Bulls go on a five game run and they need some extra guard depth. Something to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. Something like that happens. Or, or the, you know, if the Jazz want it, you know, I don't think any of these teams would trade their first round pick. But my point is, that's the level of value you're probably looking at for the Celtics if you do trade Pritchard, because that's he's more valuable to your team than he would be on most other teams. I'll put it that way. It, 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 not not in the sense of what he could do statistically, because he'll obviously get more run on another team. But like having a random wing versus Pritchard who is confident and able to do what he can and you know what you have and he fits in the chemistry like it's not worth it unless you get more than his value in return you know what I'm saying you don't want to flip him for somebody of equal value because they don't have the upside of the chemistry the confidence the mindset the toughness you don't know what you're getting right so if you're going to flip Pritchard it has to be something of really really high value if you're saying like for the Celtics, I they're not going to get anything back that's worth what Pritchard's worth to them. Yes, that's but what I meant. Pritchard is Pritchard could be worth more to another team than he is to the Celtics. Absolutely, I okay. I phrased it wrong. Like if you put him on the Lakers, he's going to be more valuable because he can play a larger role. But my point is, the Lakers don't have anything the Celtics should like could get back that would be more worth it than Pritchard is to them right now. That's kind of what I was trying okay. to say. Yeah, yeah, so. that, that makes sense. I don't I don't think it's and, and it's but. completely true. I mean, what are you, we already talked about? Like, what are you gonna get back? Nothing. There, there's nothing worth it. That game seals it for me. That's a guy you want on your team in the playoffs. I just I feel mm-hmm. like it's dangerous to get rid of. Not dangerous. The only dangerous team I could stretch. If the Suns gave you their first round pick for Pritchard, I'd do that. I'll put it that way because that's a good example because they can trade their first round pick because they own it. They are a team who might look to, you know, make some sort of push when Booker gets back from injury. If the Suns say, we'll give you our unprotected 2023 first round pick, I would trade Pritchard for that pick because that's a pick that could end up being in the lottery uh, or it could end up being, you know, 15, 16 at the very least. And at that point, you're getting a mid first round pick in a very good draft class. And even if you don't want to use it, you can trade it because a lot of teams around the league will probably want it. So that, that that's a good example of what I would trade. If, if you wanted to trade Pritchard, that's the bar. I'll put it that way. You have to meet that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 
what rumors have we heard about that have been worth it? We we always well, hear teams are interested. We heard the Warriors were interested, but like, what are, what are you going to get mean, from the Warriors? What are you getting from the Warriors? Well, their their whole problem pick, is that they don't have any any type of depth. You're not going to well, get anything first, worthwhile back. You, you want to talk about a first round pick that could end up being you know middle of the pack. <laughs> At this point, it looks like it could be. Unfortunately, they can't trade their 2023 first-round pick because they owe their 2024 first-round pick. And so it would have to be a swap, and they can't do that because Celtics traded theirs away, so they can't swap it. So there's a whole thing. I remember someone was talking about it. I think Bobby Manning yeah, in the Celtics. Not worth it. So it so, couldn't yeah. be that. So it would have to be like a 2026 first, and at that point, it wouldn't be worth it. I'm just trying to think of teams that like he could really make an impact on, like the Spurs. Phoenix, the Suns. Is a good is a good example. They're rolling out, and Saban Lee has been good for them, but that's who they've been running at point guard, Saban Lee. So, don't know what that guy looks like. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, other than that, like the Thunder, if they want to actually make a play and push, but they're not going to trade you their pick. Hell no. no. So, like the Blazers, if they want extra depth, uh, but they don't own their twenty twenty three first. The Bulls do. Uh, don't ask me why I know that. I've written too many trade articles. Um, the Timberwolves, but they clearly don't have any draft picks to trade you. So they don't have any draft picks. They, they, the they have uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's real mad. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. The Clippers. Do the Clippers give you something get from the Clippers? Uh, I don't Covington, think they own their They're not going to get those guys back. Maybe Covington, you mm-hmm. would, but he's not really that good. Actually, I mean, maybe you trade like the Thunder own the Clippers pick. So maybe, and it's a swap. So maybe the th- Thunder say we'll give you this Clippers pick for Peyton Pritchard, which again I don't think the Thunder would do. I don't think they're in a in, in a in a state where they're going to trade any draft picks. But my point is that is the line because even if you can get a chance at landing winning the lottery or something, that is the the bar. Or even you know a, a 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, etc. But I, I don't think it'll happen. We're we're just talking out of our ass at this point. I, I don't think I, I don't think the Celtics are trading Pritchard. I think the buyout market is far more likely. Did we talk about buyout market candidates last time on the pod, or did we talk about it on the pregame? Oh man, I can't remember. I I think we did it briefly on the pregame. Let me let me check the old pod. Um, because it seems kind of recent to me. When was our last pod? Tuesday. What was it? Uh, what date is that? Sorry, I'm looking at my Google Docs. Yeah, I'm looking at my Google Docs because I. Uh, I keep it all here. One seventeen, five days ago. That makes sense. I don't think we talked about trade targets, but I don't know if we talked about buyout targets. So do you want to do, you want to talk a little bit? Oh, we need to talk about the injuries first. We haven't talked about the injuries yet. Oh yeah. We didn't do that. <laughs> um, let me, I, I got completely sidetracked with Peyton Pritchard. Um, Marcus smart and Robert Williams both unfortunately got hurt in the Raptors game. Uh, Robert Williams got hurt first. Jalen Brown fell into his knee in the first quarter, was it? Was it the first quarter or was it the second quarter? It was early in the game. It, it was first half. Jalen Brown fell into Rob's knee. Rob came back into the game and he played more uh, by the end of halftime, or excuse me, by the end of the first half. Um, so he he looked okay. He was able to play, uh, although he, he might have looked a little off. Marcus Smart went down in the second quarter, I believe it was, with a non-contact uh I thought it was a knee injury because that's what Sean Grandy was saying on the broadcast, but it ended up being an ankle injury, a high ankle sprain, I think is what it is at this point. Um, However, uh, both got positive um, updates after the game. I'm I'm pulling up the exact quote here so I can quote Joe Mazzulla. Jared Weiss of The Athletic tweeted, Joe Mazzulla said Robert Williams hyperextended his knee, but it's nothing serious. Market Smart's knee is fine, but his rolled ankle will be a day-to-day issue at this point for Mazzulla. Uh, and the follow-up from that is for tomorrow's game against – or is it tomorrow's game or the next day? When is it Tomorrow, Monday. 
for Monday's game, when you're listening to this, Marcus Smart is uh, out. He is out. Rob is questionable. Malcolm Brogdon out for personal reasons, not an injury. And then obviously Gallinari is out as well. So it seems like all positive updates for Marcus Smart and Robert Williams um, for the long run. Also, Derek White. Uh, who hurt his knee in the fourth quarter and didn't come back. He's okay. That, that's all Missoula said. So I assume that's nothing. And he's not even on the injury report. So Derek White will play. Derek White, by the way, only Celtic who's played in every single game this year. Shout out to him. The Iron Man. Um, yeah, except he keeps getting hurt. Um, but it's, it seems like all good things on the Smart and Rob injury fronts uh, in terms of the long term at the very least. So that's very, very good updates for the Celtics. In Agree. Regard. I was pretty pissed. Uh, especially not fun. <laughs> the way Marcus Smart got hurt was ridiculous. I'm sorry. I that thought he was- tore. I thought it was an ACL or something. I, oh, I thought no. he was done. Not even that part. The The reason he got hurt, there was an easy pass to Jalen Brown under the basket that oh, was not oh. made, and there was mm-hmm. a wide-open shot from Al Horford that was not taken. Mm-hmm. If either of those things happened, Marcus Smart did not get hurt. Mm-hmm. But they, for whatever reason, just didn't act on easy opportunities in that possession, and it literally hurt them. So not yeah. a fan of that. It was tough. And when Marcus Smart went down, I really thought it was going to be the type of thing where he'd be out for multiple weeks or he'd be out for a month or something because it looked real bad. The Robert Williams thing really concerned me, too, because he kind of like limped off after that uh, Jalen thing. I can't remember if he actually fell down, but uh, when he came back into the game, I assumed it was fine. Uh, Now that he's questionable for the next game and he he didn't play in the second half of the Toronto game, I assume they're just being cautious with him like because you got to be extra cautious with that guy. I mean, they were being careful even before this secondary injury. So I I, I wouldn't surprise me if they held him out a game or two. Um, Marcus Marty's already out for the game against the Heat, which is tonight as you're listening to this. So um I, I think they'll be fine long-term. Marcus Smart doesn't seem like the type of player, and he hasn't been the type of player to milk these injuries to stay out for an extended period of time. But while he is out, there is more opportunities for our guy Peyton Pritchard. So uh, I, I don't want to say it's a win, but it, it is a win for Not Pritchard win. at the very least. It, it's a win, a win for Pritchard. It's a win for yeah, Pritchard. It's a win for Pritchard. <laughs> he can get his time. But uh, I, the, the update after the game was a win. It, it seems like both are short-term injuries rather than long-term issues, which is exactly what you want to hear if you are the Celtics and you are looking to make a run for the finals. So uh, I, I am very happy with that. Speaking of the Celtics and their potential run to the finals, how about a four and a half game lead on up top of the Eastern yeah. Conference? How are you feeling about All that? All right. Not who doesn't love that? Four and a half games up on Philly, who is second place. Five and a half games up on Milwaukee in second and third place. Six games up on the Nets in fourth place. Six and a half up on the Cavs. And then 10, 10 games separates the Boston Celtics from the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. They are absolutely phenomenal they are the best team in basketball they are one of two teams in the league with a winning percentage above 70 uh the other being the nuggets out west who are 13 and 33 by the way very very good nuggets uh team who sam likes to shit on uh but uh and they're fine they're just who are they who are they striking fear into their heart in the playoffs nobody i think they're a conference final team this year at the very least and i think they have all the potential to get to the finals maybe but i don't know like that whole western conference besides the warriors well luca luca too but like who, like who out there really the Grizzlies. scares you? Kawhi, the Grizzlies really if he decides good. he wants to play, I think the Grizzlies are phenomenal. I think they're. I, I if I had to pick a team to make it out of the West right now, and I know I've been up in the Nuggets, and I think they can, but I'm taking the Grizzlies. I, I genuinely think they can get there. They are really good, and they just lost to the Lakers. They they lost, like broke their 11 game win streak. As I'm saying, how about this. that? <laughs> but that? That was what a an nice. ending. What an ending that was. 
Well, how about Shannon Sharp? Yeah, right. But I, I mean, that was Shannon Sharp, like yelling at Dylan Brooks, like telling me can't. So if you didn't see what happened. Yeah, there was a huge spat bench clearing altercation. The end of the half because the Shannon the, Sharp yeah. was sitting courtside for his buddy, LeBron, who he loves more than anybody. <laughs> cheering him on. And he told Dylan Brooks he can't mm. guard LeBron or something like that. And Brooks said F you. And then Sharp said F you. And then they started yelling at each other. Well, no, Sharp said you can't guard LeBron. You're too small. And then okay. Brooks was like, shut the F up or something. And okay. then they back and forth. Just, just weird. <laughs> but if you're Shannon Sharp, like, what do you expect him to say back to you? <laughs> do you think he was going to say, oh, thanks for the feedback, Unk? Like, is that what you thought he was going to say? You didn't think he was going to say F you? Like, of course he's going to say F you. He's in yeah, the middle what? of a game and he's pumped up. The, the, the picture of Sharp is funny, though. Yeah, very very weird. And have you seen all the memes where it's like <laughs> Sharp showed up real quick when Steven Adams walked over? He yeah, Steven Adams. Ooh, good luck. Yeah, I mean, in Sharp's defense, at least in that regard, I'd also be scared of Steven Adams. That is a that is a big. Man. Oh, who wouldn't be? I don't. <laughs> I, blame I love him. Steven Adams though. Steven Adams is one of the best in the league. I love. I Steven. don't get the whole like. Wh- what did he expect from Dylan Brooks? Yeah, what did he expect no, like, him to do? Also, and it's whatever. I don't actually care that much. If a random person did that, he'd be thrown out. Like like any other dude yeah, would have gotten thrown out of that game. But again, it doesn't matter. LeBron uh, took to Twitter to defend him after LeBron has had people thrown out of games. I I thought I think LeBron talked about it post game too. Uh, yeah, he, he said whatever it was. He he like said guy. something defending him, and this is the guy that's literally had people like handpicked to be thrown out of games. Well, I will defend LeBron in that, it, it, that one instance, it was the Pacers game. And when he got the Pacers fans thrown out, I'll, I'll defend him in that sense. Cause I'm, I'm fairly certain I read somewhere that the Pacers fans were saying, I hope your son dies or something gross like that. So you deserve to be thrown out of the game. If you're saying that I'll, I'll give him it's that a little extreme. <laughs> I'll give him that credit. You can't, you can't be saying that. Um, anyways, there, there was one more, there was one more Celtics thing I did want to talk about. Oh, bio. You want to talk about bio guys quick for like a couple minutes at least. Yeah, here we get time. All right. Uh, potential buyout candidates. There was a report from, um, I think it was Keith. Yeah, it was Keith Smith wrote for Celtics blog. He wrote a trade article, uh, some stuff he's been hearing around the league. I'll read the quote for you. Uh, Keith saying, oh, do I have it here? Oh, yeah. Various sources told Celtics blog that they expect Boston to be a top destination on the buyout market. One source said they don't need to make a trade. Why bother? They don't need anything. Brad uh, already gave Joe everything. Uh, he needs and excuse me, and that Gallo exception, the DPE, the disabled player exception, will allow them to outspend everyone else for a buyout guy. That's key. Um, yep. They can let the deadline pass and then just uh, outspend everyone else for a buyout guy. Uh, they can just pick off the best free agent or two. Sorry, ads keep moving the quote from the screen. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then pick off the best free agent or two for playoff depth, and the vets will all want the Celtics because they can get paid and then they can win. So not only are the Celtics the best team in the league where buyout guys want to go to win a championship or attempt to, uh, they can also pay more because they have the disabled player exception for when Be- Gallo got hurt. And for those asking, if Gallo does come back, they don't lose it. It's just, you know, bonus for, for the Celtics if Gallo comes back. It's How funny it would be if, like, he did come back? And the NBA was like, all right, this guy you signed, sorry, on the team. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not how it works. But, uh, uh, yeah, the Celtics can outpay anybody else uh, for buyout players. So not only can they get more money, but they'll also be on the best team in the league. So uh, 
interesting, some interesting uh, ideas uh, for the Celtics. They can snag one or two buyout guys if they did want to release Justin Jackson too. But at the very least, they traded Noah Vonley, so they have an open spot to sign a buyout player. But that begs the question, Sam, who are you looking for in the buyout market? Are there any positions or any ideas you have off the top of your head? Like, what do you, what do you think the Celtics should look for? Well, the obvious one is the wing. You want mm-hmm. somebody off the bench you can shoot. We've talked about Hauser already on this pod. He hasn't been great. Spent mm-hmm. the last two games watching. Maybe Eric Gordon, somebody. It's the last year of his deal, right? Uh, I'll double check. Finally, is it finally the last year of his no. deal? <laughs> it's not. No? No. <laughs> How long is this guy under contract? What do you sign, a life contract? Eric Gordon makes 19.56 mil this year and 20.9 mil next year. Uh, so He's just been sitting go. there rotting in Houston. Yep. Well, yep. not Let me him. Up Eric Gordon contract history. Let me look up what he signed. I think he signed a five-year extension. My God. He's been there forever. Uh, or no. He signed a four-year extension with the Rockets uh, after the – or before the 2020-2021 season, I believe. Um, the 2023-24 season, so next year, is not fully guaranteed. Um it is only fully guaranteed. And first off, more importantly, when I say fully guaranteed, if he is on the roster, it is guaranteed, you know, it is guaranteed, but if they release him, they don't have to pay as much of the money. You know what I'm saying? So if they do a buyout, oh, okay. they, can, they can hold it over. Him. But it was like the Horford thing last year. Like mm-hmm. Horford would get the money no matter what, unless the Celtics released him. So, but the guarantees are funny. They're only guaranteed if he makes the all-star team or he plays 500 minutes in the regular season or Houston wins a championship. So <laughs> probably it's not going to get guaranteed at this point <laughs> for Eric Gordon. Um, so it, it's looking like he will probably uh, – the, the buyout is still possible is what I'm saying. Um, I don't know how much is guaranteed. Uh, I can't seem to find that. But I just know – oh, it's fully non-guaranteed. Like the whole thing is not guaranteed, I believe. So um, I guess we'll see. What happens uh, with Eric Gordon? But that could be a buyout guy, uh, even though he does have two years left. Excuse me. Speaking of guys who have two years left and could be a buyout guy, Kem Birch, if you really wanted a big man, even though that seems kind of like meh. Unnecessary to me. At this point. Um, other guys. Derek Rose, maybe, um, because he does have a team option for next year. So if they really wanted to buy him out. But the Celtics really don't need another guard, so that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I think – Pritchard is uh, already far enough down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> well, Barton he would be uh, below Rose. I think he would be above him, actually. Absolutely. Uh, Will Barton's a guy. I mean, he's shooting poorly from the field this year, 37.5, but 36.5 from deep. Uh, and he is no longer in Washington's rotation because they have so many guys on the roster. <clears throat> played pretty well for Denver last year, played 32 minutes a night, averaged 15 points. He's not going to do that for the Celtics, but if you want another guy who can give you like decent enough minutes, like, Will Barton's a guy, and there's a chance the Wizards buy him out, so that could end up being, <clears throat> excuse me, one of Boston's top uh, top options. Kelly Oubre, if the Hornets can't manage to offload that contract, but um, he makes I, I don't know exactly how much. I know he's averaging uh, 20 points a night. He makes 12.6 mil this year. I assume that's that's a very movable deal. It sounds like they'll, they'll probably get like a first for him in return. Um, but if they don't, and he ends up staying on the Hornets, that could be a buyout guy. Although they don't really have any need for it unless they're trying to tank right um he is also hurt right now josh richardson another guy who the spurs probably will be able to trade but i know you love him so if they get they keep him past the deadline josh richardson sam is that your that your top guy right now <laughs> uh who i'm sorry Jay rich 
Jay Rich. Jay Rich, of course. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> battling the utmost lag. Brutal. Yes, Jay Rich as, is what we're talking about. As I continue to plug and unplug my router from my computer, not not deciding which is worse because they're both pretty bad, as you can probably hear. What's well, pretty bad? Say that again. <laughs> this is a disaster. I can yeah. hear you. Are you still okay. here though? <laughs> okay. Okay. All <laughs> Sam right. with the constant internet battle. Sorry, I I stopped paying attention for half a second there, so I missed what you said. Disaster. Anyways, Josh Richardson would be a phenomenal addition for the Celtics as well. Um, uh, other guys, like I said, Kelly Oubre. I'm just going down the list of contracts. See, I, I know you mentioned Terrence Ross, but he seems to like it in Orlando. Like he's just content chilling there, so I don't think he'll get bought out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm just looking at mainly guys with one year left on their deal. Uh, Jay Crowder. I mean, at this point, if they can't trade him, you might as well buy him out because, like, what's the point? Uh, or maybe they just keep him on the Last roster year the deal. and let him go. They might just let him go at that point if they if they don't trade him, or as in like keep him for the rest of the season so they don't lose any money. Um, Sounds like Miami and Milwaukee are the teams for him. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, that's just very weird. Uh, kind of a disaster. Uh, Danny Green, if they don't trade him in a deal, maybe you buy him out, but I don't think he's playing this year because the ACL thing uh, is an ACL or Achilles. I can't remember. Uh, Brian Winterhorse just told him he was going to be traded live on TV. So <laughs> that was funny. That was elite. Uh, Dario Saric, but he's actually getting some run for the Suns. Again, I'm just looking at guys on the last year of their contract. <clears throat> mm, um, DeAndre Jordan, no. Kobe White, no. Jackson Hayes, no. That could be a trade guy, though uh Rui Hachimura that's a disaster now he's talking to the media about how he wants to be somewhere where he can be appreciated uh but I don't think he'd get bought out that they're probably just gonna end up trading him I'm sorry if you're not getting minutes in Washington I don't know what to tell you well he's been good there has to be some reason he's not playing he's been they have too many guys at the position it's kind of like a Pritchard thing like they have Kuzma there they have Porzingis because Porzingis not isn't playing center Porzingis is playing the four now so they're running him uh they have Denny of Dia too there's just too many bodies ahead of him it's kind of like a Pritchard thing it's like if the Pritchard traded Celtics. So. Okay. Um, not exactly his fault, but he's actually playing pretty well. He's averaging, I mean, 13 points this year, 48.8% from field, uh, around 34% from three. So he's not a bad player to have. He's, he's got some talent. He's still young, too. He is uh, look, 24 years old, uh, going to turn 25 soon, but still. Uh, outside of that, Cam Reddish is very weird. It looks like they're looking for only two seconds for him, so I assume he'll find a landing spot on the trade market. But if not, at this point, like the Knicks might as well buy him out, right? Because that—that's what a mess. That very is. strange. Very mm. strange. Atlanta dumped him. Knicks traded for him, and then they didn't play and him. That should give you the context of he's not very good, but he's if the buyout market comes around, he's worth having another body. I'll put it that way. So he can't be the worst. Uh, outside of that, though, there's really not much to look forward to in the buyout market. The, the Suns need Tory Craig unless they decide to pivot into a, you know, we're, we're going to just be, um, <clears throat> excuse me, tanking uh, situation. I don't know if he's getting consistent run for the, the Suns. He's playing around, yeah, 20 to 30 to 35 minutes a night. So he's, he's a consistent piece on that team. So it doesn't seem like a buyout would be uh, probable for Tory Craig. <clears throat> outside of that nothing really i mean that that's a decent buyout market at the very least but um th those are the guys you're gonna keep an eye on maybe alex len if you really want a third big man maybe the sons uh excuse me the kings buy him out but uh uh boban marjanovic if you're really looking at it nope. boby would be fun that'd be fun though no no it wouldn't it'd be annoying it'd be like taco and you'd have those <laughs> idiots like saying why doesn't this guy start no i think it would be more like blake griffin than taco 
I think it'd just kind of be like a maybe. fun thing on the end of the bench. That's I, I don't know, maybe. Uh, however, you would have to deal with him being buddy buddy with Tobias Harris on the Sixers, so maybe you wouldn't like that very much. Very <laughs> well, can't have good that. point there. Um, but yeah, the buyout market. So would your top guy be Josh Richardson if he doesn't get traded? Yeah, a million percent. Proved mm-hmm. he could play with this group last year. He was really good with the Celtics. He was valuable enough for San Antonio to want him in a trade. He's been real good for just the fit. Like, just think about that. That's another guy off the bench that can shoot. And he mm-hmm. plays defense and he plays hard. Why would you not want that? That is the perfect guy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And him yeah. being here before mitigates the issue of him having to get his feet wet and learn and get comfortable. Like there's going to be less of that. If you add him, like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier with Pritchard, like he knows what it's like to be with the Celtics mm-hmm. when he's plugged into a game, he's able to perform well because he kind of gets it. Now Richardson's been off the team for about a year now, and he only spent a couple months here, but he still had to have some sort of understanding how these guys played when he was here. I thought he was a bright spot and I thought he was really someone I wanted to have around. So, and he was friends. It seems like he was friends with the guys too. So yeah. he, he like has a good relationship. Although would he be able, be able to wear number eight? Is anybody is no. I losing my mind? No, Ari technically has it. Mm. And that would bother yes. me. <laughs> that would, um, but I don't think he'll get bought out. I think he'll probably get traded somewhere. Um, well, you never know. I don't know. You're not hearing much on trade talks nowadays anyway. So you never know. And if you're the Spurs at that point, um, maybe you just keep him and keep running. But if you really want to make a push for the Wembenyama sweepstakes, trading him would probably be your best bet because he's pretty good. He almost won you the game against the Celtics. So yep. <laughs> there you go. The Celtics won that game, right? I'm not losing my mind. They didn't Celtics won. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't think I have anything else. Is there anything else you wanted to do? Before I'll do the do... cards. Yeah, I got them right here. I was going to say. All right, so for those who are new, in case we have a new As I battle through the lag. <laughs> yes, there we go. We have these Who's the Man cards. My uncle gifted to me for Christmas. Shout out Uncle Dan, stream legend, uh, podcast legend now. Uh, and it's basically just trivia. It is guess the Celtics player. You get five clues. You get five points if you guess it on the first clue, four points on the second clue, three, two, one. You get the deal. So we, we usually do what? You want to do five cards? Yeah. All right. The current score is uh, Sam, 105 points. Jax, four points. Uh, we don't <laughs> 64 points for me. We don't have to talk about it. Um, but but uh, we'll run through these quickly because then I have to leave for basketball in about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to get there on time. So first card. Uh, who's the man for five points elected into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame and the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame uh, in 2000. Oh, excuse me. Hall of Fame in 1993, College Hall of Fame in 2006. So not that that's a, a big difference, but <clears throat> Hall of Famer by 93. I don't know right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm ready to go to number four whenever you are because I have. Whenever I have a guess. Not I'm not putting it okay. in yet. Okay, for four points, earned his second NBA championship ring as a member of the 85-86 Celtics. I, I am I'm telling you now, I'm not gonna get it, so I'm gonna breeze through these clues. You should get it. Know. This one isn't that bad. I and I I honestly. Tried to line it up in my head, and I kind of got who it was. I, one, but I, I'm telling I you now, I will not get it. Had his jersey number 32 retired by the UCLA Bruins and the Portland Trailblazers. I, I do know it, but I just, I, the name is just not coming to me. Like I, I know one, once I see it, I'm going to be very angry because I know who this is. <laughs> but two-time most outstanding player at the NCAA Final Four, pair of national championships with UCLA. Like I said, I know who this is. Uh, 2001 inaugural inductee into the Grateful Dead Hall of Fame. 
I know who this is, but I don't. Bill Walton. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, I, I had it. I, I thought of it at the first one, wasn't positive. I was just like, mm-hmm. and I and I kind of knew this through my uh, uh-huh. Jeopardy building, actually, because I was like, oh, I went uh-huh. back-to-back college titles. Probably makes sense for him to be in the College Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. We need to uh, – we'll iron out that Jeopardy board. We'll, we'll do that soon. I'm excited for Jeopardy. Jeopardy will be fun. January 30th, be there for the live stream for Jeopardy. All right, second card. Second card is Sam Battles through his Wi-Fi issues for five points. Born in Melbourne, Australia, and attended Montclair Kimberly Academy and St. Patrick High School in New Jersey. I'm going to guess off-rip because I really just want my points. So don't look at the private chat, Sam, because I'm going to drop my guess in here. Uh, are, are, are you good if I drop in the private chat? I don't want you to cheat. I, I know who it is. Oh. I think we have the same guess. Who is it? We're going to guess Baines. Oh, I was going to guess Kyrie. Ooh. No, no, you're right. I'm Let's wrong. see. It is Kyrie. I yeah. get five points. Jack's going to. Ah, Jack knows his back. rats. Uh, okay. Well, I guess it wasn't the, the best one for me to be celebrating, but I, I will. I, I will forgot happily, that he was born in Australia. Mm-hmm, I will happily take my five points and I'll give you the credit because it could very well have been Baines too. And I would have been screwed, but uh, I will take my five points. I am now only 40 points back uh, of Sam. It's like Chris that Paul celebration. Hits a huge I, tree to cut the lead to 42. <laughs> exactly what i was gonna say yeah. all right last last card of the night we're only gonna do three uh just to help sam's wi-fi chill out for five points co-captain of the ohio state buckeyes team that won the national championship in 1960 all right uh here are your points sam you can get them right back because i don't know i've got nothing I have no idea four points selected third overall in the 1961 uh, nba draft by the cincinnati royals but chose to play instead for the cleveland pipers of the american basketball league don't know no clue. Three points. Signed with the Celtics in 1963 after the ABL folded and the St. Louis Hawks cut him after acquiring his rights. No, no idea. idea. Two points. All right. Won five championships in seven seasons. He spent as a member of the Celtics. Shall we go to one point? One point. One point. Six three point guard known for his gritty defense and for leading the league in free throw shooting during two different seasons. I have no idea. I don't know. It is Larry Siegfried. There you go. Old Larry Siegfried is the last card of the day. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, n- not the best last card. We got two in there. F- for those listening and know how terrible I am at the cards, we'll, we'll take the victory and the fact that I was able to pick up a win uh, over Sam on a single card, and, and we savor those. This is like the Patrick Beverly beam after they win the play. <laughs> He's throwing his jersey into the ground. That's me right now. But uh, anyways, uh, I think that'll be do it. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, we got to wrap it up quick because I'm going to lag out. So Thank you. Thank uh, you. Sub to the YouTube. You. That's my one plug. I'll let Sam go now. Yeah, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you sub, like, share, subscribe, do all of it. How about them Celtics? Follow us. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, at How About Them Seas. Facebook is just the name of the pod. You can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA for all his work. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. And use promo code HBTC on SeatGeek. $20 off. Do it. Bye. Check, check, go.